Ezekiel. Um, and they're prophets. We don't need to go over the word. Um, but there are two major prophets that God used in, in many, many different ways. Um, but this morning, Jonah is considered to be a minor prophet. Now, what, what is a minor prophet? Is it because it's a job he does? Did he work down the mines? Probably not. Was he small in stature? We don't really know. Um, was he insignificant? Is that why he was called minor? I would say no. You know, really, the only reason I can find in Scripture that Jonah was considered, along with 11 others, there were 12 minor prophets we read about in Scripture. The only reason that he was considered a minor prophet um, is because it's a very small book that we read. There's only four chapters in the book of Jonah. Um, and uh, there's much we can learn from those four chapters and from Jonah's life. So, just a little bit of background. Again, I'm sure many of you have read stories of Jonah over the years, learned songs in Sunday school about Jonah. Um, and Jonah and the whale. I'm going to blow the whale, the myth away about the whale in a minute. So, um, we'll get to that in a bit. But you know, Jonah, we read, he was born in Israel. That was his place of birth. And he grew up near Nazareth. And he was called and commissioned by God to preach to the Gentile nation of Assyria. That was the calling on his life. And the capital of Assyria at that time was a place called Nineveh. So he was just an ordinary person, like you and like me. You know, I was born in a little village, not too far from here, um, in, in a place called Darabs, near Dartford. And uh, that's where I grew up. That was my life. Only child, no brothers or sisters. Parents who were just hard-working, but not Christian. Um, provided in the best way that they could with the little that they had. But, you know, that was my upbringing, you know, and I was grateful for the upbringing I had, you know, and I'm sure Jonah was grateful for the upbringing he had in the place where he was brought up. Um, and then he had the call of God in his life. And that was just something amazing. <coughs> Have you ever had a call from God this morning? Or have you ever felt that there's something that you should be doing in obedience to Him? Now, you haven't got to answer that question to me. Only you know in your hearts, you know, that yes, God's called me to do something and I'm, I'm serving in that call right now. Or maybe you've had a call from God and at the moment you're not following that call um, for, 
for whatever reason it may be. Have you ever doubted if you've heard from God correctly? I'm sure many of us have been there. You know, God speaks and he says, Graham, I want you to do this or I want you to do that. And you know, does doubt set in sometimes? You know, do you think, is that just me? Am I just thinking it's from God because it's, it's what I want? Or, or it's because what everyone else is doing? And we challenge ourselves. Um, and sometimes we talk ourselves out of God's call because we, we doubt what God has said in our life. You know, there's some verses that I would just like us to, to uh, look at as well this morning. Because if you face that situation of ever having a call from God or ever doubting the call from God, Jeremiah 32, 27 is for you today. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too difficult for me? You know, this morning, if God has called you, there is nothing too difficult for you to do. Whatever your circumstance, whatever your situation, if it's God's call on your life, he will give you the tools to fulfil that call. And Luke 1, verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. That's a great verse of scripture. You know, nothing, nothing is impossible. And there's a song here as well, isn't there? I'd sing it if I could sing, but we won't go there. I don't want to put you running out the door. <laughs> but you know, if God has called you to complete a task, whatever that may be, he will equip you to fulfil what he has said in your life. You know, despite what we may feel, despite how we may feel inadequate, just like Jonah may have done, or ill-prepared, um, God will equip us for the task that he has got for us. You know, Jonah may have been a prophet, but he was also human. Thank God for being human, just like you and me. And he suffered from fears and emotions, just like we do. You know, in natural eyes, uh, the people that Jonah was called of God to go and minister to, um, they were not a good bunch of people, were they? They were not kind. Um, we read that Jonah feared them. He was scared of them. Because they had hurt many, many people. People had gone to minister into their situation and into their lives. Um, but they were violent people. And there was God saying to Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and minister to the Ninevites and tell them about me, tell them about my love. Well, we know, if we're looking at the book of Jonah this morning, that um, Jonah took a different decision, didn't he? And we'll read about that in a minute. But you know, I faced a similar situation to Jonah a long time ago. I was a young Christian, um, only been saved a year or two. And Christina and I 
um, deciding that for one summer, um, for two weeks, rather than go um, on holiday, we wasn't married at the time, we were just courting, that we would go and serve. There was a children's home that we knew about in Bristol. It was run by people we know, and they were looking for volunteers to go down to Bristol and help out in this children's home so that the staff that were there could go away and have a rest and people could come in and, and just provide respite care. So we jumped in the car and off we drove to Bristol um, and we said, here we are, whatever you want us to do, we're willing to do it. I was probably 19, 18, 19 at the time. And so they gave me a task and they said, okay, Graham, we'd like you to go into one of the bedrooms and do some decorating, do some painting. Now, you won't be on your own. I thought, that's good, because I've not done much decorating. There'll be somebody there that you're doing it with. I said, okay. So I walked into this room, and there's this guy, big, burly guy, tattoos all up his arms, okay? Just came out of prison. He was an ex-offender, and what he was doing was part of his community service after being released from prison. He wasn't a Christian, uh, but it was part of his, his um, community work. And uh, God said to me, I want you to witness to this guy. <laughs> I thought, you're right, 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 started painting the wall and he was painting that wall and I thought I'm going to get away with this but there was a poster on the wall with a scripture and you know God's got a sense of humour hasn't he? Because this guy turned around and says what's that poster mean? <laughs> Not quite like that but you know big voice so I thought well I've got to tell him what it means haven't I? It's a scripture from the word of God and you know I did I explained what the poster meant and I went on to tell him that Jesus loved him. And he soaked it all up like a sponge. You know, he was really ready to hear what I had to say. And I, I walked away, I didn't have a black eye. You know, I, I was in one piece. Um, uh, he never made a decision. But I'm thankful that eventually I was obedient. I wanted to run away, but I was obedient to God. And we never know, do we, when our words are like seeds are planted in people's lives. Um, and that's what happened to Jonah, isn't it, in our story. Jonah thought that he knew best. So, uh, you know, God said to him, I want you to go there to Nineveh. So what did he do? He went on the boat. He went down to the pool. He found a boat and it was going in the opposite direction to Tarshish and he said, right, I'm going to get on that boat. And uh, that's exactly what he did. He went in a completely different direction to what God had told him to go. Have you ever ran in the opposite direction to what God says? Or have you left the church because you were being challenged 
by God to get involved in some area of ministry or service um, and you didn't want to do it. So you thought, you know what, the easiest thing to do is, you know, God's called me to move on to another church. Have you heard that before? Yeah. You know, I've heard it many times. And, uh, and so, have you left the church and gone somewhere else? You know, not for any other reason, but actually because, you know, God's put in a challenge in your life and you want to get away from that challenge. You think by going to another church, you could escape um, and just sit in the congregation, you know. And I'm still learning people's names and faces, you know. Are you here today? Just sitting here in the congregation and yet you've got the call of God on your life and uh, he's waiting for you to rise up and take on that challenge. Now as we know with Jonah, uh, he got in the boat, off his sailed, uh, and then he went down below. He didn't just get in the boat and sit and enjoy the view. We read that he actually went into the bowels of the boat and he went to sleep. Now, was he tired? Um, who knows? You know, I think really when we read into the scriptures, we see that actually because he was running from God, you know, what he wanted to do was just complete that journey. So that when he got to Tarshish, when he got to the end, the destination, you know, he could get out and he could say, Phew, I've made it, I'm here, I've escaped what God was telling me to do, and all will be well. What a mistake he made, wasn't it? Uh, he was trying to convince himself, wasn't he? You know, that he was doing the right thing. Um, and when he woke from his sleep, everything will be good. But you know, God had other plans for his life. And God's got other plans for your life as well. Now we've seen a number of storms in the last few weeks, haven't we? Um, strong winds, strong rains. Um, so we know what about storms. We know what they can do. What about you this morning? Are you going through a storm in your life right now? Are you feeling battered and weary? How many of us have felt that way before? And just like with Jonah, um, God is there with you through that storm. He's by your side. He's your comfort. He's your guide. And he will see you through until the end of that storm. Sometimes, you know, we have to ride that storm. And it can't always be a, a nice situation because we don't know when the storm is going to come to an end. But still, God has a purpose and he will, he will be with you through that time. Now, we know that Jonah was fearful um, of the people he was running from. But the sailors on the boat that he got onto, um, they were fearful of the storm. They didn't know Jonah. He, he was somebody that just went along, paid his fare, got onto the ship, went down below, fell asleep, ship set sail, heads into a storm, God-given storm, and the sailors started to fear for their lives. 
you know, it must have been a frightening experience for them. And they thought they were going to die. They thought it was going to be the end. They just knew that this has happened for a reason. Now, we don't know how they knew that, but we know, we know from reading in the, the first couple of chapters of Jonah um, that those sailors just knew that there was someone on that boat who was to blame for the storm that they was in. They just had that sense. Um, we read in uh, verses 5 to 8, um, chapter 1, it says that the, the mariners or the sailors were afraid and every man cried out to his God. They all had different gods. All had different people they called to. And they threw the cargo overboard that was in the ship so that it would lighten the boat and hopefully it would become more stable. It didn't help. But Jonah had gone down into the lower, lowest parts of the ship and laid down and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. They was calling on Jonah, waking him up to call on his God to see whether that would make a difference. Now, if we carried on reading, we can see that they actually drew lots. They knew someone was to blame. So, you know, straws or whatever they use, you know, shortest straw, you know, is a lot. Um, and that will show who was to blame for the, the storm that had come. Now, we know, don't we, that that lot, that was Jonah, he was the reason. He was the reason that it was all happening. Um, and so, you know, Jonah said to them, look, okay, you've called me out. You know why it's happening. You know, just throw me overboard and then the storm will cease. But the sailors were still fearful. They didn't want to throw a man overboard into the sea. You know, they didn't want his death, their blood, his blood on their hands. So we read that they carried on trying to bail out the water as fast as they could to see whether it would make a difference. But it didn't. And in the end, they had no choice, he says, but they threw Jonah overboard. So there was Jonah floundering in the sea. You know, the storm was still raging, so it couldn't have been a good situation. Jonah must have thought his end had come. That was the end of it for him. He was going to die. He'd been disobedient to God, uh, and now he was going to pay the price. Have you ever felt in a similar situation? You know, have you ever felt that you've done something in your life and that God's never going to forgive you? You know, because it's too big, it's too bad, um, it's too shameful. You know, friends, this morning, let me tell you, God is a God of love. Amen. He loves us. He cares for us. And there is nothing that He will not forgive in our lives if we come to Him in repentance. If we come, you know, He paid the price on the cross, didn't He? We know that. Um, 
He paid the price for the wrongs that you and I done, the sins in our life. And so when we do anything wrong, you know, we can still come to God. You know, the, the point of the passage we read in Scripture, you know, is that we learn from our lessons. We don't go on making the same mistakes. Um, and then we can move on in God. But you know, for Jonah, he thought his end had come. But we read that God sent a huge fish. Where the whale come from, I'm, I'm not sure. But in all the scripture I read, um, we hear of a, a big fish. And it must have been a big fish if it could swallow up a man. Um, and uh, the fish came, God sent the fish, swallowed Jonah, and there he was in the belly of that fish. Now, just for a moment, try and picture, if we can, being in the belly of the fish. I mean, it's, it sounds disgusting, doesn't it? I still, what, what is it like? to be here. Um, but that's what happened to Jonah. That's where he was. Um, there he was in the belly of the fish. And the only thing that Jonah could do was to pray. And I think, isn't it amazing, you know, that when we find ourselves in a corner sometimes, when we find ourselves in a difficult situation, you know, we cry out to God. All the while things are going well, you know, we may not call out to God so much. Um, but when we're right up against it, you know, when things in our life are demanding, you know, when the pressures are on, we call to God, you know, we cry out from the bottom of our hearts. And that's what we read um, here in the chapter 1 and chapter 2, you know, uh, verse 17 of chapter 1 says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And he was in that fish for three days and three nights. Wow, what a time. But verse 1 of chapter 2, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me. And out of the belly of the, of the fish I cried, and you heard my voice. He cried from the bottom of his heart, and God heard him in, a, in an amazing way. Now, having a picture of being in the belly of a fish is bad enough. But then we read what happens next after the three days. You know the story, don't you? You know what's coming. You know, we read that the fish vomited up Jonah onto the beach or onto dry land. And again, what a picture to imagine. You know, there you are being swallowed by a huge fish, and then the fish comes towards land and vomits you up onto the, onto the, the, the shore. Um, you must have looked a right mess. You know, he must have needed a good hose down, I reckon, after all of that. But Jonah knew that God had heard his prayer. 
and that's important for every one of us. Um, the reality was that God heard his prayer, saw his heart, and delivered him from the dark place he was in. Now, today, you know, what is God saying to you? Because, you know, when we, when we come to church every Sunday, you know, do we just come because we like to make friends, or do we come because it's a nice cup of tea and coffee and biscuits? Um, you know, we should come because we want to meet with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And, you know, and whether the church has got a few people or every seat is filled, it's still the same God, it's still the same Holy Spirit that is here to minister into our lives. And, you know, it's a, it's a tremendous privilege but a tremendous responsibility to bring the Word of God. You know, when we stand in the pulpit, many of you have done that, I know, uh, as well, because we have to bring what God is speaking, you know, to us um, and ministering into the lives of the congregation. So, you know, this, this morning, what is God saying to you? Has your storm come to an end that you've been going through? Is your place of darkness being turned to light? Um, or your place of fear being turned to a place of hope. You know, because if it's not, let me assure you, you know, that it soon will be. You know, that there will come a time, and it will not be long, you know, when you will see an end of that darkness, when you will see an end of the situation that you face. Um, and then you can go on to do what God has called you to do. You know, we read where we would have got, if we'd read all the verses towards the end of chapter 2 of Jonah. Um, but you know, after he had been put onto the beach or onto the shore, he went on to hear from the Lord again. He'd already heard once, but now he heard a second time uh, what God was saying to him. And I'm going to save that for next week so you can part those thoughts of what's going to happen. Or if you want some scriptures to read through the next seven days, Jonah chapter 3, Jonah chapter 4 is what we're going to be looking at next week. And we'll see what God said to Jonah a second time. But you know, this morning, why, why am I focusing on stories from the prophets? You know, because I believe with all my heart that God wants to do something new and something fresh here at World Street. You know, we know we're here for a purpose and we thank God for that opportunity he's given us, you know, to answer his call. You know, some might say to me, you know, at 59, I could give my age right now, 59 this year, you know, why take on the leadership of a church at 59 years of age? You know, we do it, friends, because we know that God has his hand on our life and we want to bring what he's brought to us to a wider Amen. group of people. Amen. You know, I believe, you know, there, there is much to be done 
much to be done here in Wedding. Um, and it can't be done alone. It needs every one of us. Every single one of us. You know, from the youngest child that's sitting out there right now in the Sunday school, you know, to the oldest person um, in the congregation, you know, God wants to use you and he has a plan and he has a purpose for you. You know, and bringing accounts of the prophets, to me, it just highlights that God can minister through others and he can minister through you. You know, maybe God spoke to you many years ago um, and you've been running because you're fearful. Maybe you know what you should be doing, but you don't know how to do it. No one's ever said, come and we will teach you, we will train you, we will give you the tools. We want to be here to do that as a church. We want to be able to equip people, to build people up, to give them what is needed to fulfil the call upon their life. We want people to go from being fearful to being confident in God. Amen. We want people to be going from darkness into light. You know, there's nothing worse than, than living in fear. You know, when I was a child, you know, I lived in fear of the dark. I used to, I used to walk in my bedroom and uh, I used to have to look everywhere I could, under the bed, behind cupboards, in the wardrobe, to make sure that there was nothing and no one there, you know, because I was fearful. I don't know where that fear came from, but I know when I laid in bed and it was dark, if I heard a noise, I would lay stiff still, so that if somebody came in the room, they'd think I was asleep, even though I wasn't. Now, thank the Lord, you know, those fears went, you know, and they didn't, they didn't stay, you know, but fear can grip us sometimes. And, uh, you know, if you live in fear, you know, then my prayer is you can be released from that. You know, as we, as we uh, minister and as we hear God's word and as we progress with, you know, leading the church on, you know, that you can be set free from whatever might be holding you back. You know, this morning, I don't want anybody to miss out. Um, I don't want anybody to be running away. I want us to stand. I want us to pray. I want us to prepare. And I want us to take action for what God has got for us. You know, because as we do that, people we work with, our neighbours. And I know I'm saying that lots of weeks I preach because that's what's on my heart. You know, that we, we can't be a happy, clappy club. You know, some churches are like that. I know you are not like that. You know, I want us to be a church that is marching forward. Amen. You know, a church that is reaching out. Amen. You know, a church where people are shouting the name of God from the rooftops. Hallelujah. Let's just pray. We're coming to the end. But I just want us to pray right now before we close. 
pray for anyone this morning who, who the Lord has been speaking to, whether it's through the word, whether it's through the songs we've been singing, or the communion as we've met around the table, and we've heard the scriptures there, and we've shared in those emblems of his broken body and his shed blood. However God may have been ministering to you this morning, I just want to allow just, just a couple of moments of reflection, of quietness, so that we can respond to God. You know, sometimes it's good to come out and we can pray for you. The Word of God says, call upon the elders, you know, and, and let them lay hands on you. And sometimes that is right and it is good. And other times, you know, it's just okay to respond in our seats. Just you and God and no one else having that conversation with him. Letting him know just how you are right now as if he doesn't already know. But just being honest with him. Just saying sorry Lord if you if you've not fulfilled what he's called you to do. Or if you felt you've been running away in the wrong direction because he wants you to come back. There's no one else to do that task. He wants you to do that task. He's been preparing you and he's been equipping you. And you know, I believe God is raising up young people in his church as well. Because out there in the schools and in the colleges, we cannot imagine how difficult things are with all the pressures that are upon our young people. And we need to pray for our young folk, whether they're your children, your grandchildren, or just members of the church. We need to pray for everyone. You know, that God will sustain them, will strengthen them. And maybe you're a young person. This morning, God can use you. God can use you even as you go into school throughout this coming week. Father, I just want to thank you this morning for your word. Lord, I just thank you that as we uh, come together, Lord, by your spirit, you are here to minister into our lives. Father, Lord, we, we thank you for the prophets of old that we read about. Father, we thank you for the examples that we, we read from your scripture, Lord, and we, we, we thank you, Lord, many made mistakes, but they turned around, just like Jonah, Lord, and, and they... Wellspring here in Wedding, uh, Lord. Unity around us, Father, that people would know who we are and what we stand. on the sick father lord we would see lord jesus just great things happening in our midst in thy precious name so be with us through this coming week lord lord and uh, 
Just let us know your presence and let us know your power in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's just stand and say the grace as we come to. We're here. If you want to come and talk to either of us, please feel free to do that. If you want it to be more private, then you can message us or, or WhatsApp us or whatever avenue you want to. And we're happy to talk with people and help people wherever we can. Hallelujah. And say the grace thing. Grace,